This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank, the International Leaders Summit. I am Joel Sami, your co-host, joined by Natasha Sertorch, economist and co-founder of the International Leaders Summit. You can subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts and via YouTube on International Leaders Summit. America's Roundtable brings together leading voices from business, government, media, and the public policy arena. We thank you for tuning in to America's Roundtable. We thank each one of you, our engaged listening audience via the Pledge Radio in Michigan, Lancer Broadcasting in the Midwest, for joining us on America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C. Today, we are truly honored to have a very special guest on America's Roundtable. Donald Trump Jr. is an innovator and business leader. He's executive vice president at the Trump Organization and has worked in the company's real estate, retail, commercial, hotel, and golf interests. Donald Trump Jr. holds a bachelor's degree in finance finance and real estate from the Wharton School of Finance at the University of Pennsylvania. He's a senior official and part of the leadership team on the Trump 2020 presidential campaign. It's great to have you join us. Welcome, Don. Welcome, Don. Good to be with you guys. It's my pleasure. Great to have you join us. We commend President Trump's leadership for growing the U.S. economy and asserting the United States' principal leadership in the world for the benefit of America's citizens. On the economic front, under President Trump's leadership, the U.S. economy was growing sustainably and recorded the lowest unemployment rate in 50 years, just 3.5%. President Trump brought corporate tax tax rate from 35% to 21%, which removed incentives for the U.S. multinational enterprises to keep cash abroad, which accumulates to some $1 trillion by the end of 2017, and the lower rate brought back some 80% of these cash holdings. And we recently talked to Secretary Carson, who shared about Opportunity Zone incentives, a bottom-up approach with private investors creating jobs by investing in low-income, underserved economies. As America begins its path of economic recovery after the COVID-19 pandemic lockdowns, this initiative is a unique endeavor to fuel job creation and economic growth. Don, could you kindly share with our listeners what are the next steps in reopening the U.S. economy and getting the U.S. economy back to the pre-coronavirus sustainable growth? Well, listen, I, I think there's a lot of steps uh, in that process, but the reality is what you need is someone in charge who's actually done it before someone who's actually made promises about being able to grow an economy and deliver that. And my father, Donald Trump, has done that. Uh, in 2016, he was like every other politician, guys. You, you, know, you make promises, you say you're going to do something, you usually never do any of those things, try to get reelected. Donald Trump actually did it. There was not a single economic metric where we were not better off under the Obama-Biden administration prior to that, and really almost any other before that even. So Donald Trump made promises. He delivered on those promises. He knew how to get it done by cutting regulation, by letting businesses decide what to do with their money, by cutting taxes so that you can decide what to do with your money. When you look at this Joe Biden tax and spend, uh, it would literally destroy the American economy. It would take it to nothing. And there's a reason that Joe Biden's been in Washington, D.C. for 50 years, yet you can't name any of his accomplishments because he has none. He's a bureaucrat. He's never signed the front of a paycheck. He's never created a job. He's never done anything in the economy. He's only been a D.C. swamp creature. So you need someone that can do that, that can take it on, that someone that's done it before. And that's how we're going to get out of this crisis, by growing it with common sense, conservative practices, not the nonsense 
that Joe Biden is doing with the Bernie Sanders joint Biden. Uh, that's the communist manifesto of the new era. According to a Pew Research report, 55% of the U.S. adults now get their news from social media. And in your earlier book, a New York Times bestseller titled Triggered, How the Left Thrives on Hate and Wants to Silence Us, you carefully outline the schemes of how the left and the army of progressives use tactics to smear conservatives and push them out of the public square from online shadow banning to fake accusations of hate speech. And you also bring to the table your own experiences knowing what took place in communist Czechoslovakia from your childhood summers in Eastern Europe and how it developed your political thought process and your understanding of the significance of the West rule of law based on the Judeo-Christian values and the principles which uphold liberty and freedom of speech. Recently, Don, your Twitter account was restricted, blocking your ability to tweet. For a growing number of citizens and patriotic citizens uh, and activists, they are deeply concerned about this communist approach being practiced by U.S. private-based companies. And what are your thoughts, Don, as we enter this important phase to the finish line on November 3 and how one side, the conservatives, are being deliberately sidelined on the social media front? Well, it's been happening for a long time. Uh, you know, I always said all of the times that it's happened since 2016 and on has been I run for 2020. And it's the liberals, uh, the California social media masters that are literally trying to influence an election by stymieing free speech, by cutting off conservatives. Numerous times it happened to me uh, a few years ago on Instagram when I said, you know, does this Jesse Smollett story and no one's questioning it. Uh, you know, I got taken down for uh, perpetrating hate speech. Turns out it seems like I was right, but that doesn't matter. The reason I got taken off of Twitter last week was because I had the gall to post of about a dozen doctors, actual medical professionals, treating people for COVID uh, with COVID-19 with hydroxychloroquine. And I just said, wow, like, these are doctors that are risking their life. And what they're saying is so contrary to the narrative that's being crammed down my throat every day. But you have a mainstream media that's mongering. Uh, that the left and the Democrats and the social media masters are for their goal of electing Joe Biden. If we can keep fear rather than putting out other information, rather than letting Americans think for themselves, rather than CDC and other agencies that flip-flop on what we should do, whether masks are effective, whether hydroxychloroquine is effective, et cetera, et cetera. You can see there's not a consensus. There was another study from the Henry Ford Institute saying the same thing, but Twitter put their finger heavily uh, on the scale of censorship to prevent one side, because you've never heard of a single person on the other side of the spectrum ever complain about that kind of censorship being deplatformed, demonetized, or otherwise. It only happens one way. People in Eastern Europe are still experiencing censorship today, where these same companies are working with corrupt governments to help censorship, and here they're working against the U.S. elected government, against the free speech, basically. Well, on the foreign policy front, uh, President Trump's principal leadership toward NATO, China, and the World Health Organization has resulted in significant benefits for the U.S. taxpayers and consumers. President Trump is for the first time requiring accountability from international organizations and foreign governments in such a way that they are responding. Now, we American taxpayers are still contributing billions of dollars to the World Bank, which is funding some of the most corrupt governments around the world, including Zimbabwe, Ukraine, and Croatia. Croatia, which is blocking U.S. investments while opening the door for China and corrupt investments from other sources. For example, Ukraine received billions of dollars from the World 
bank and additional billions directly from the U.S. taxpayers during Obama-Biden era, when Hunter Biden was on the board of Burisma Energy Company. Now, as American taxpayers, we are subsidizing and perpetuating the impunity of the very corrupt networks that preclude the rule of law to take hold in those countries. Don, what are your thoughts about blocking our U.S. taxpayers' funding to corrupt regimes? We got to stop funding corrupt regimes. My father's done that. My father's, when he draws a red line, it actually means something. You see what they did with the 57 missiles into Syria. You see, when he says he's going to do something, he actually does it. But that's not what we've gotten accustomed to from our, our governments and, and our officials doing anything. The reality is, my father said that that's not going to be the case with Joe Biden, whose son's taking money from corrupt Ukrainian oil companies, who's getting money with and doing dealings with the Chinese government. You need someone who's actually willing and able to stand up to these regimes for once and for all. Uh, we've realized that you've got a new book coming out, released and being released in September this year. What will your new book, which is titled Liberal Privilege, focus on, Don? Basically, during the, the quarantine slash lockdown uh, that we went through since March, I basically had a lot of extra time on my hands. So, you know, I was at home, I was doing this, I'm saying, man, Joe Biden has been a 50-year bureaucrat, 50 years in Washington, D.C. He was elected into office in his 20s. And I'm saying, there has to be a lot out there. Why is that information not available to people? Why is the media not talk about his record, his policies, the graft uh, that, you know, his family has taken? It's not just Hunter. It's his brother and this, you know, government contracts to build housing in Iraq when he's never built a home in his life. I mean, it's amazing. So I had all this time to do it and hired a researcher uh, and started putting all the pieces together. And I wrote liberal privilege because having gone through the stuff that we've gone through, having seen the attacks they've done on my father, et cetera, et cetera, over the last few years, I, I realized that we would never be able to get away with the stuff that it was literally just a common part of Joe Biden's entire 50-year Washington, D.C. swamp career. And so I said, since we hear so much about privilege these days, the only kind of privilege we don't hear anything about is liberal privilege, which is the ability to do and say anything, have terrible policies that destroy America and still get nominated to be potentially the president of the United States. That would never fly with conservatives. So you know, I wrote Liberal Privilege. I actually decided to self-publish it so that I could get it out with the right message without you know, any editorial process. And so DonJr.com, and I think it's going to be awesome. When looking at the important decision on November 3, voters will have the opportunity to choose President Donald Trump based on the merits of his accomplishment in just three and a half years and his bold leadership on implementing real reforms, tax reform, removing burdensome regulations, and the new trade agreement with with Mexico and Canada, creating a level playing field, and comparing that to Joe Biden's 50-year career in Washington, D.C., guarding failed policies and the concerns of Biden's massive new tax hikes that are being proposed. Don, what is your message to the voters, our fellow Americans in Michigan, the Midwest, and the rest of America? Well, just look at Joe Biden's tax and spend plan. He, he wants to take your taxpayer dollars to give free health care to illegals, free housing for criminals coming out of prison, give you the privilege of you know, paying for the benefits of those who aren't even here legally, uh, and they would get better benefits and more of them than you would for your own family. So it would destroy middle America. It would destroy jobs. He would allow for the rise of China to become the juggernaut that it is from a country that was at the economy the size of the Netherlands. That was Joe Biden pushing for their joining the World Trade Organization, giving them every benefit, letting them steal our IP for decades. The reality is this, guys, 
If Joe Biden knew how to fix the economy, if Joe Biden knew how to do anything, why didn't he do it? He's had half a century, half a century in Washington, D.C. to get it done, and he hasn't. You can't name a single accomplishment of his, but now he's the right guy for the job. Give me a break. It's a joke, but you have a mainstream media that's abdicated their position of being journalists to be activists, to shill for the left. And that's what they're doing, and that's what we're up against. So go out there, inform yourselves. Maybe read liberal privilege. You can see, I mean, Obama's own Secretary of Defense, Robert Gates, Obama's own Secretary of Defense, said that Joe Biden's been on the wrong side of every decision of his entire career. At the time, it was 40 years. Now it's 50 years. Imagine that. I mean, this guy could be president of the United States. He can't remember where he is 50% of the time. He's going to deal with President Xi. You see the massive push to have Joe Biden not debate Donald Trump. He's he can't debate Donald Trump. He's, he's afraid to do that. I mean, this is the insanity that we're up against. And you have the left just blindly going all in. People have a very important decision to make. And it's the decision between a future of freedom or a future of socialism and communism. Uh, choose wisely, folks. Thank you so much indeed for joining us on America's Roundtable. We appreciate your principal leadership. And for those that are interested in this great book coming out, Liberal Privilege, go to donjr.com and order your book as soon as possible. Thank you, Don. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based Think Tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with the Pledge Radio in Michigan and Lancer Broadcasting. I'm Joel Anasami, your co-host, joined by Natasha Sardorch, economist and co-founder of the International Leaders Summit. Join us next week at the same time on the Pledge Radio Lancer Broadcasting.